0: Yes, sir, it is a Thursday night in late May in Northeast Ohio. My name is Brad Ward. This is another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I have a special guest with me tonight, friend of show, friend of mine, the great, the one and only Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan. He hosts uh, is the host of the Barbershop uh, every Saturday, 8 to noon. Also co-host of the Cleveland Browns tailgate show, 10 a.m. to kick off on Sunday game days. Uh, that's also on 92.3 The Fan. Also go to YouTube channel, The Barbershop. Uh, what is up, my man, G. Bush?
1: Hey, man, what's going on, man? Listen, uh, first and foremost, man, I'm going to shout you out. Shout you out. Big big up to you for, for your thousand subscribers. You hit 1,000 subscribers. That's that's a beautiful thing. Shout out to you um, and everything you're doing. I'm, I'm coming and check out the new digs. Uh, yeah. You know, the stream looks crazy. Uh, we haven't talked in a while, but we're going to have some fun tonight, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, it has been too long, and I thank you for that. And, and more than anything, I thank you. And everybody listening obviously uh, anybody that has listened and subscribed thank you all so much We hit the 1000 mark and uh, you know big big ups to everybody that listens to the show and watches. So thank you so much for doing that. but tonight we are here to focus on G Bush of 92.3 the fan and get so these projections been coming out everywhere so I wanted to do a projection show with you. Uh, and just kind of talk things out. But but before we get into all that, I haven't spoken to you since free agency or the draft. So I kind of want to just get your feelings on, you know, Andrew Barry, you know, the free agency. He knocked it out of the park, uh, you know, the draft. Just give me your overall thoughts and takeaways of what has happened this offseason with the Browns. You know,
1: um, I, I did a show uh, probably about, I want to say about four or five months ago now, and, and it talked about the foundation of the Cleveland Browns, and it actually talked about what Dorsey had done. Um, and if you look back at the, what the Browns have been bringing to the table, uh, he was able to, to kind of lay the foundation, the basement, uh, some of your structures, you know, the roof and all those good things, Right. Um, you were able to get Nick Chubb, who has turned into probably one of the top two or three running backs in the game. You're able to find your quarterback in Baker Mayfield, who looks like he's, he's our franchise quarterback uh, and, and leads you to your first playoff win. You also look at the guys that he was able to bring in um, a- along with that and kind of, you know, mix and, and match. You got your Denzel Ward in his drafts. He was able to go out and get Jarvis Landry. Uh, who changed, in my opinion, the franchise and the way that we look look at the Browns as far as the competitive nature. No
0: then question. he
1: was able to bring splash guys in. Uh, he's go, able to go out and get Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, then he goes out, and one of the most underrated signings, that I think that people don't look at at the time, is Kareem Hunt uh, out of Kansas City. Uh, he was yep. in trouble. That was a, a controversial signing. So he goes against Kareem Hunt. You pair that with Nick Chubb, and now you had the best backfield in the game. But I look at that and say, okay, well, well, Dorsey was able to do that. What is Barry going to bring to the table? So I always said, look, we got to have, if, if Dorsey put in all, all of the basement and the studs and the roof and all that good stuff with the structure, now you got to come in and finish the house. You got to come in and give me my accent pieces. You got to come in and put the furniture in the house. You got to put lamps and, 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 and throw a coat, coat of paint on the walls and make this thing look great. Get my man K together. <laughs> and you know what he did? He he got all that together. He want, he goes and gets Ted McKinley and Jadavian Clowney, both upgrades as far as athleticism and what they can do uh, in, in, in taking over for Olivier Vernon. He then brings Malik Jackson into the fold at defensive line. He gets rid of, uh, you know, Sheldon Richards, $13 million, and he's able to come all over the board. He's able to go get a John Johnson in, in the secondary, who's rated probably one of the highest safeties in the game. You're able to go get Troy Hill over there, number one corner, uh, as far as being a defensive back, and then slot. You bring him in, and then, of course, you're still able to have guys over there, like Greedy Williams, who you uh, you were able to uh, have. And then you have your, your draft. And then yeah. the Browns, by all intents and purposes, had an A-plus draft. J.O.K. in the second round is a, is a slam dunk. I thought I was going to get him. I wanted him in the first round. But right. you were able to get Newsom in the second uh, at corner right there. And then I love what they did as far as being able to fill in some of those guys. I one of the strongest guys at Ohio State, uh, just plays hard, plays his tail off. And, and, and going to get uh, Schwartz out of Auburn, upgrading that speed on the outside. I just think overall, if you look from from draft all the way back to free agency, I think Andrew Barry is just uh, you, you know showing that, hey, we got Kevin Stefanski, the coach of the year, but you, I think you got a, a future GM or front office guy of the year, Andrew Barry, and showing what he can bring to the table.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, the one move that I questioned a little bit, G-Bush, in the draft was the Schwartz pick. Not because, obviously I knew they needed speed, right? But I was just like, I don't know if this guy is just a track guy or can, you know what I mean? Because he kind of, kind of comes across that way. But he's impressed me with the work ethic, right? Like being down in Miami with Landry, uh, putting in the work there, you know, being in at rookie camp and it just seems like he is a guy that's going to work his ass off and I'm all about that. So, if he wants to refine his craft and become a really good receiver, I feel better about the pick now that I've seen him kind of show that work ethic and show that he's serious about being a receiver. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. When, when you look at it, that's one of the things that we always say, guys that are really, really fast, are they track guys? Are they straight lane, line guys? Yeah. Um, and one of the things that if you guys, for your audience out there taking a look, he has a really, um, you know, it's kind of a path to the draft part series uh in, in terms of you know his life and, and it shows how he started off as just a receiver started off as a guy yeah who used to play offensive line as a little kid and he progresses and keeps moving to the point where you know he becomes one of the fastest guys running track in in, in pretty much the world i mean he's a world-class track guy one of the things that really impressed me with him was him working with randy moss um working with jarvis landry and, and, and guys saying to him like he's a guy that looks like he has a he's a quirky guy i love his personality he's a guy who likes comic books uh you know really complimentary of his mother and his grandmother raising him i just like his personality and i think this kid is going to be a guy who's going to continue to work at route running uh continue to work at, at getting open and, and and that's a craft guys like Devonte adams if you just watch him that's a whole craft. That's a whole artistry of being able to get off the line of scrimmage and running routes. I think he has two guys that Odell Beckham Jr. with great hands, great route runner ability, Jarvis Landry. I think he he has all the tools and all the uh, you know the people in the room to help him out to become that route runner.
0: I agree. Uh, i gotta ask you g bush and we are you're watching all eyes on cleveland with special guest garrett bush of 92.3 the fan what what's going on with your background there it looks like you're in are you in the four seasons in new york city or what what (laughs) the hell is going what's going on back there you know i you know i you know
1: i told my mom shout out to my mother my mother is she's she's a really talented uh individual i mean she's uh she's my stylist she's my interior decorator and i told her i said listen man we're gonna do we're gonna start doing live streams this year i'm like i can't you know i can't be coming out here you know live stream game competitive now you can't be out here For with sure. just no background no more you gotta have stuff and banners and i said yo i want to do a lot of stuff i want to be the black johnny carson she was like all right i'll tell you so she got me together in the background man so she shout did. out to her and um you know i'm, I'm really uh, i'm really uh thankful that, that she's able to help me out and do stuff like that. So
0: that's what I'm going for. Uh, it's impressed. That's probably one of the best ones I've seen, G Bush. That's uh, that's I, I nice. Pre- you look out, like I appreciate that, man. And shout out to Dorothy
1: Bush. Shout out to salute. See, mom, I told you. Told you, man.
0: Yep. Yep. All the moms out there for sure. Uh, but yeah, you know, that it's uh it looks you look like you're styling, profiling, like you got like a, you're in some kind of suite or something. I can't really figure it out with the but you got the, the city background. I mean, it's nice. It looks nice, man. It looks nice. Man, I appreciate uh, that. All right. G Bush, uh, I'm going to go to, you know, you, you know, played football where I went to school. We we were on the campus at the same time, but we missed each other somehow. We could, you know, I'm sure you were. I'm, I'm, with so, the,
1: I'm sure we drank a beer together. See, the, I'm at sure OU, at OU, yes. you know, the great thing about OU is, and you know this more than, than whenever. It's it's not about what you do as far as being a basketball player or a football player or whatever. The best thing about OU is you can be somebody just for throwing the greatest parties. You can yeah. be somebody <laughs> just by how many nights you were in a bar. And, right. and and people say, well, who's the big man on campus at OU? It ain't football. It ain't basketball. It ain't hockey. It's the bartenders. If you yeah. get it, if you turn out, you listen. If you tell me you in the CI. You in the Crystal, you at uh, Pauper's, you at uh, the Red Brick, you over at Bronies? Listen, if you're a bartender anywhere in the country at, at OU, you are the man. You are the yeah. man. Nothing wrong with that, bro.
0: Nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I spent, you know several months there every night, so it was, you know, it was a great, great time in my life, for sure, in and, and Athens, Ohio, but, yeah, we were there at the same time, didn't know each other, but you were on the football team, you know, and you played Edge, right, for the, mm-hmm. for, the for the Bobcats, All right, so, you know, defensive line play, I want to ask you kind of what's going on, we, you know more than defensive line play, but you know what I'm saying, that's uh, yeah, that's your wheelhouse, so, they loaded up on some young talent here at the defensive tackle position. So they let Sheldon go, and then they draft Togi. I don't know. I want to know your thoughts on Jordan Elliott in his first year because, you know, I've talked to some people that are kind of like, eh, the tape isn't that great, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Marvin Wilson, Priority UDFA from Florida State, great 18 and 19 on tape. They've kind of played him out of place in 2020. He disappeared, right? Mm -hmm. He would have been a top, maybe a first-round draft pick, potentially, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The talent is there. Malik McDowell, dude was a savage at Michigan State. A one-man defensive line. Like, he is freakish, right? Got himself into some trouble, but has found the right path. We had a guy on our show that did the Gridiron Showcase that actually got to do a free agent showcase with McDowell. And said he seemed humble, and like his life was getting turned around, and, and and then you know this is the first character guy that Andrew Barry has really kind of reached on, mm-hmm. right? Right. So so with him, and then Damian Square, who's like a, a ten-year vet, right? So they bring these a lot of talent into the room that isn't going to make the team. There's really four spots, right? Maybe right. five if you manipulate it, but I probably four spots what's going on there? Who do you like there? Tell me, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on Elliot how many spots are available. You you expect togi Eye to make the team?
1: You know, here's the thing about togi Eye. Here's the thing. He's a guy and, and I watched him at Ohio state this year. He's a guy that, you know, when you go to camp, you know, uh, you know, I've had a lot of injuries. So, you know, I've torn my ACL in both knees back surgery, neck surgery, all that good stuff. So one of the things that you got to realize is availability is key. If you're a defensive lineman and you want to make this squad, right? There's yeah. going to be times where you're not going to have Jadavian Clowney playing. Uh, Malik Jackson is coming off an injury with the with the uh, the, the bone foot injury in his foot. He's not going to be playing every single day. He ain't going to be doing that. Jadeveon, uh, and and you know that you you got Miles Garrett who's not going to be playing every day. So what you're going to have is individuals who can make splash plays, be consistent, and be somebody they can they can count on. The guy who's going to take these positions at defensive tackle is the guy out there every single day that can take the reps. And and people say, well, well why would that be? Because in when you it, it's a rep game. Yeah. At defensive line, you need reps and, and receivers the same way. It's about who's going to be able to take those reps. And if you got a guy like Togi, who you look at him strong kid works his tail off a guy that's not going to make you know he's not going to be the dude that keeps showing up on plays and he's getting tackles for loss but he's going to be in his gap he's going to get nice get off he's going to have punch he's going to be a guy that's going to consistently be out there so what you got to do if you want to be him out on the roster you got to say every day he wake up and make it and he's not out with a hamstring or a bump or a bruise i got to be out there too because he's a guy that's going to be consistently going every single day in his motor. So that's okay. that's one of the guys I think that has an inside shot because of his consistency. Now when you talk about talent, yeah. Uh the two the two the two other guys.
0: Uh yeah. Malik
1: McDowell, listen, yeah. I'll tell you what, turn on go back, go back a couple of years at of Michigan State. First I did. Of all, yeah. First of all, you know when it's a ball player when you got a single digit or unorthodox number at defensive line. We talk well, about four. two guys with he did McDowell four and Wilson out of Florida State with the 21. I mean yeah. those aren't those aren't traditional numbers. You know they you know you coming out of high school, both guys highly touted. But when you talk about him, he's a grown man. Uh um, yeah. McDowell, as far as the, the size, he look he's a guy that is your prototypical three technique when you're talking about like hey we want you to get upfield and get some money off we want you to yeah. get after people and he can do that he has length he's powerful um if you can get he's, he's coming off injury i think he had a uh either a dirt bike or a, a four-wheeler injury of some sort yeah yeah um if he can come back and i'll tell you what if he can come back and be humble he's a guy who has more talent than Everybody in the defensive tackle room right now, uh, right now, I think too. Yeah, right now, today, he got the most talent as far as uh, that goes. But is, is he going to be able to uh, scave off the injuries? Is he going to be able to keep his head on straight? And is he going to be consistent? Because that's one of the things you want to see. We want to see consistent pad level, consistent get off and consistent, um, you know, punch and being violent at the line of scrimmage. So that's a guy. When you look at Wilson, you're, you're, you're exactly correct. They played the him out of position.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and when you looked at his tape of, of a couple of years ago at Florida State, he's a man amongst boys. I mean, he, yeah. he he's not your just, you know, 310, 15-pound guy that's just going to stay in his gap. He has the ability to rush the passer. He has the ability to get field. He uses his his, his uh, hands very well. thing I worry about with him a little bit is pad level because he is about 6'3". Usually yeah. when you want a nose technique or a nose, you want to get him six one, six two. 6'2". Those guys, when you get your pad level up top, especially up in the middle of the field, that's when you get into trouble. But he, I, I tell people all the time, anytime you get an undrafted free agent and they give you guaranteed money like that, they think you all right. They yeah, think sure. they, they, you got an inside track to that. So um, I, I wanna, I'm interested in seeing those two guys and people say, well, why did you give up on Sheldon Richardson? And I said, well, listen, Sheldon Richardson, if you look at his PFF grades, I mean he played all right he played decent but he wasn't he wasn't a top 20 defensive tackle and at 13 million dollars you look at some of the people that brought in if they can get right and they can get healthy and get younger you look at the browns and they say okay they hit a home run especially if you can get one of those two guys and, and mcdowell or marvin wilson to play where they were a couple years ago
0: yeah i mean the, the Sheldon richardson thing, richardson thing is kind of sad just because I liked him a lot, and uh, let's see, G-Bush Chain is fire. Hey, man, we're working out here, man.
1: You, gotta go, you yes. gotta get the Q- Shout out to the Cuban, you know, you got to get the yes, Cuban.
0: <laughs> shout yes, out, sir. my man. It is fire. All right, and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, Sheldon, it was sad to see him go, because he's kind of a heart and soul guy. He went through some of the pains, and, you know, he was there. I put him there with Landry. It was sad to see him go, but... He's just not worth $13 million. He's just not going to ever get that in a million years on the open market. And you can't just pay that just because you want to keep him around. So I wish they would have renegotiated something with him. Obviously, that would have been ideal. But bringing Malik Jackson is almost an eye for an eye, wouldn't you say? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, it's about the same on par. Uh, yeah. and, and Malik Jackson is a one year deal. I think it was with three million dollars or something. It,
0: exactly. Yeah. And
1: he and he coming, he's saying the right stuff. He told Jadavian Clowney, Hey, listen, man, is you coming or you coming? Like, cause cause we got ball players over here. Um, for the first time, the Cleveland Browns now have guys saying, Hey, you want to get on board or not? Because we this train oh, is moving. And um, I, oh, I like his I attitude. It. I like what it was all about business. So um, you know, kind of same type player um maybe a little more upside as far as pass rush ability but yes i think it's a little even 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 deal
0: yeah i like him a lot his attitude was great that was awesome when he said that too about Jadavian. that was awesome you're watching all eyes on cleveland with g bush gary bush of 92.3 the fan host of the barber shop we're gonna do some projections now we're gonna do some over under let me bring this up here's the show tonight some people were asking me why you show Odell down like that. I mean, he's he's not down. He's he's like praying. He's like, pro- <laughs> he, I use the picture because he's projecting right there. He's projecting what he's about to do or whatever, right?
1: Yeah. He listen. He listen. He, he listen. He what he's doing? He's waiting. He said, "Everybody that judged me, yeah, I pray for y'all because I'm gonna have to yeah. take it out on a couple defensive backs. Let me go. Let me take a moment to pray real quick." Okay. Absolutely.
0: We <laughs> there we go. Now we're good to go. All right, so we're going to do some uh, some uh, over and under here. Now we use PFF's projections, Pro Football Focus's projections, so we got to shout them out. But let's start with Baker Mayfield. All right, I want to know that. We remember, we got seventeen game season, mm-hmm. so that kind of changes numbers a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So let me let me start with this. Let me get your over under. Sixty three percent completion rate for Baker Mayfield in 2021.
1: Oh, that's over. That's over. Oh. That's that's easy. That's easy money. That's over. Uh, okay. Second year in the, in the system. He got all his receivers back, all the tight ends back. One of the best offensive lines still got the running game. That's over.
0: OK, over under forty two hundred yards. That's another over.
1: Um, I think he almost had four thousand yards last year. Right. Um, he had 4,000 yards last year, uh, oh, oh, about that amount um, with Odell Beckham being going for most of the year. Jarvis Landry, people forget, is coming off injury. They finally realized that Hollywood Higgins is a ball player. Y'all keep yes. coming in. Hollywood Higgins, is. I always see, he's always open. He's open mm, right now. He just, open. he just texted me. He said, G. Bush, I'm open if you want to throw it to me. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you got Chubb, Hunt out of the backfield screen game. Uh, yeah, it's going to be over. In, in another game this year, that's easy money. Over.
0: 27 touchdowns over or under.
1: Over. That's definitely an over. See, that's a, that's a, what is, he, broke the rookie record with how many touchdowns? Um, 26, 27, 26,
0: right there. Right, right there.
1: 27, and he didn't even played the first three or four games. So, correct. That's definitely an over. So, I, I think to me, in general, Baker Mayfield is going to have, I think he's going to have his best year statistic wise, um, statistically. But I also think that he'll break out and people will go from thinking that the Cleveland Browns are a run first team uh, because they'll look at the stats and say, well, Baker can throw the ball, too. So I I think this year he has his best year as a pro. Monty,
0: Monty says you got the, the best background, too. He's he's setting that out too. Everybody <laughs> hey, look, loves it. Hey,
1: blessings, yeah. man. Blessings, King. I appreciate it, man. We just out here trying to elevate, man. But I appreciate yes. it,
0: though. Absolutely. All right. Uh so and then interceptions, obviously a big one. I'm gonna give you over, under 14 in a hook, 14-5. Which way are you going? Over- uh, that's, under.
1: that's under. I, I got him thrown. I think he'll throw about I think he'll throw about 10 interceptions next year. Um he'll he's, listen, Baker is but what Here's the thing about Baker too. I, for the Cleveland Browns to get where they want to go, Baker Mayfield has to play like Baker Mayfield, right? He yes. has to throw some balls in in, in some coverage, right? Sometimes yes. people freak out about that, but in general, you have to do that to let teams know: do not do, don't don't try me. I will I will I'll, I'll throw a deep. I, there's anywhere on the field I can get it to. So sometimes I don't. Bo- it don't bother me if he throw a couple uh, interceptions where he was trying to get it somewhere and he saw something. I that's part of the game. That's part of making the offense explosive and, and it's keeping defenses off on you know on it. So um, I don't mind that. I think he'll throw about ten interceptions next year.
0: Yeah, I agree with you actually on all of those over, over, over under. Uh, PFF does not agree though. So mm, let's take a look mm, here. Yeah, mm. yeah. They they disagree. They have him here's his statistics. They have him at a sixty-two uh percent, sixty-two point three percent completion rate, uh forty three hundred yards, they agree with that. Twenty-eight point eight touchdowns and fifteen point two interceptions.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think the I think the completion uh percentage is, you know, what are we you know they're they're right at the same, um, the 4,300 or 4,400 yards, cool.
0: That's good, yeah. 28
1: touchdowns. I think 28 touchdowns is a little low. If you go back and you look at what the Browns were doing at the end of the season, uh, the Browns were letting it go. The Browns were letting it rip. It wasn't like the first eight games where they kind of had the you know the leash on Baker you know, with the play-action game and run-first game. If you go yeah. back and look at the next couple games after that uh, in the last half of the season, uh they were throwing the ball a lot on first down they were in shotgun a lot more and I think the evolution is you'll see Baker Mayfield in shotgun a lot more this year as well
0: yeah they they came out in a couple games where like all week long I was talking about this yesterday with Jake Burns all week long we'd hear here about the running game like especially starting with the Tennessee game especially you'd Mm -hmm. hear about the running game, and then Stefanski just came out just just gunslinging throwing the ball all over the field Cause that's what, not what they expected, right? And yeah. he just—he's like, "You're going to put an extra guy in the box. We're going to smoke you." And that's kind of from there on. They kind of adapted that. You know, they weren't afraid to to go pass heavy if that's what you were going to show them on defense.
1: Definitely, and you, 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 you know, I, I think that's that's a credit to Stefanski because he understands that. You know, people say, "Well, the Browns just have to run the ball until people stop them." And I'm like, "Listen, yeah. that's not the way the game works." But, right. <laughs> that's not Agreed. it. You got to do it. you got to you got to always keep teams on, evolving throughout the season, and I think that that's why the offense was so uh, you know, productive last year.
0: Agreed. Now, so, so 28, 8 okay, I, I'll say around 30 I'd be happy with, right? Uh, I'm not gonna nitpick there. The 15 interceptions, I think, is a little high, G. Bush. I, just because what he do in the second half of the last season, or whatever, he had 20 touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah, like he
1: was trending in a way that you know, he. If you look at it, he, he PFF even has him rated. I, I talked to John Costco, uh on, on the show. PFF after you know, at the last part of the season, when you look at the last. Uh, seven, eight, nine games that had him rated the top in the top three as far as quarterbacks are, are concerned in, in his quarterback rating. Only guys that played higher than, than him were Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers ended up winning the MVP. But other than that, when you look at the production, when you look at the completion you know, percentage and you look at his overall grade, he's, a third, he's in the top five, in, in top three, actually, in the whole league, the way he's trending. So I, I don't I don't see you getting uh, Odell Beckham back. I don't see you getting you know better at positions and, and still having your running back in, in this offensive line. And he's throwing 15 interceptions. I just don't see where where that happens
0: at. Agreed. I agree. All right, let's talk Nick Chubb. All right, yardage over under 1200. Mm-hmm. I'm, right I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right at. 1200 for me if you go look at what he was doing last year I think he'll end up with over um okay. I think he'll have over that uh he he missed he missed what three or four games last year and, and yes. still had over a thousand so I I would if he's healthy I guarantee I pretty much he'll get a he'll get the the 1200
0: I agree uh okay and then rushing touchdowns let's go with eight and a hook eight point5 over under who <sighs>
1: Um. Oh man, I I'll go with eight touchdowns. I'll go over. I'll go over. We might get. I I'll have. I would I would say push. But if I had to pick, um, you know, I I go with him about nine.
0: It's a good call right there. You agree with PFF's numbers completely because they got him at twelve thirty, and you said about twelve hundred push. That's the, that's their third most as far as projections go, and they got them at nine touchdowns rushing. Hey man, touchdown.
1: listen, I ain't looked look. Hey, hey, I had my eyes closed. I didn't. I, didn't, I went peeking. So, <laughs>
0: nope. yep, no way you could. We got it. D- that you nailed that one for sure. According to at least according to these, right? You know, and and they're they're not always right. But yeah, I mean they're yeah. not
1: the. I mean they're they're not omniscient. I mean, but you know right. they do a good job of predicting, but. You know, Absolutely. one of the things that you can never really under, overestimate is the fact that you you got Kareem Hunt. And and if you, if you asked the oh. over-under for Kareem Hunt, I would be almost pushing that Kareem Hunt ends up with 800, 900 yards almost. If you look at it, I, I got him, both those guys combined, I got him over,
0: over 2,000 yards. Over two grand, yep. I agree, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how how the distribu- distribution distribution, pardon me works out, uh, you know, I guess that 17th game kind of throws a wrench in things. I don't really don't know how to evaluate that as far as, I mean, I guess you just add another, you know, two, 200 yards on, I guess, and yeah, put yeah. that up, but whatever. Yeah. You know, at some point, do, do they just, I guess it's going to kind of depend on the contract situation, but... At some point, is Nick Chubb just so good that Sefiancey just just starts riding him for long periods of time, or is he um, always going to sprinkle in some you know I, I, the Kareem I, Hunt? I,
1: I think they're always going to sprinkle in Kareem Hunt, and, and the reason I, I think they're always sprinkle him in is to me uh, when the Browns are at their, their top, when they're at peak performance, you have a guy in Kareem Hunt who could easily be a thousand yard back. Yes. Uh, they have two totally different running styles, and Kareem Hunt is, is just so dynamic out of the backfield. You always want Kareem Hunt to have, be in the backfield, uh, especially when you're you're in third down. I mean, the way he can catch the ball, the way he can, um, you know, just his hands out of the backfield. And one of the things that really complements you very well with these two running backs, and the reason why they they run is because they're always running hard and yes. angry at the in the fourth quarter. If you're playing the Cleveland Browns and you're down and it's seven minutes left in the game and the Browns still got the ball, it's bedtime. It's rockabye, baby. I mean, you yeah. got that that offensive line uh led by uh Teller. Uh you, you got those guys, Conklin on the right end. You don't get any breaks. Joe Petonio, yeah. they're leaning on you, they're leaning on you, and now all of a sudden you think that you're not Chuck down, and now you got an angry Kareem Hunt running downhill on you, stiff-arming yeah. people. And it's just devastating. You you might not even sniff the ball again. It's five minutes. People say it's the five-minute drill. I call it the seven-minute drill. Seven minutes, and you know the run is coming. We dare you to stop it.
0: Yep, absolutely. And And they did that multiple times last year, and it was so nice to see them salt away games like that. Finally, after years of... Coughing them up, but uh, that's so much a factor of of them winning, you know, and winning games is just being able to put it away like that, and they can do that for sure. All right, this is going to be a tricky one here. OBJ, right? Now, we saw the hype video. He looks good. He looks fast. I'm expecting a big year. His best year as a Brown from OBJ, personally. Mm -hmm. That's what I expect. I'm going to give you over under a thousand yards.
1: I think OBJ ends up with about eleven hundred yards.
0: Okay.
1: About eleven hundred, um, which is which is not which is not bad. You say if he, if he no. hits eleven hundred, I mean, you know, he had a thousand his his first uh, or his major year, not last year, but the year before that, he had like a right. thousand seventy or something like that. So I, I think he ends up with 1,100 yards uh, coming in into the season.
0: All right. So what about Jarvis then, over under under 1,000?
1: Jarvis, I think, well, you know, this is a thing. I mean, Jarvis and Odell, the year before, when they played their first year together, they both had 1,000 yards. So even that was in Freddie Kitchen's playbook. So, you know, they both had 1,000 yards. Jarvis Landry um, was the number one receiver last year after OBJ got hurt. I I definitely think uh, Jarvis Landry gets 1,000 yards. I mean, I think he just wakes up and gets 1,000 yards. That's just what he does.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, Let's go with touchdown catches. OBJ over under 5.5 passing touchdowns. Five? Five and a half. I'll go. Five Five and a hook. I'll go over.
1: I'll go over. I think he ends up with with somewhere in the neighborhood of seven touchdowns. I think he gets about seven touchdowns. He won't get to 10. He won't get to nine. I think he'll be somewhere around seven. If you just go back and look what he was doing before last year, I mean, he had four touchdowns within the first, you know, remotely few games. If you spread that out and amortize that over the, the length of the season, he ends up with somewhere around, you know, eight, nine, you know, touchdowns. So I think he can come back and get that.
0: Okay, Jarvis Landry over under four and a half touchdowns.
1: I, I think he gets over four touchdowns. I think Jarvis Jarvis does a lot of his work and you got to think about it like this. both of those guys are really great in short um, areas. So you look they at the are. ways they get the way they run routes in confined spaces and both of those are really good advantages for that for receivers who want to get touchdowns.
0: So here's here's what we got from PFF. Uh, One thousand thirty yards for Odell Beckham OBJ, and uh, you nailed it with the touchdown. Six point five touchdowns. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got Landry over a thousand two, but just barely. A yeah. thousand and three point six yards and five point eight touchdowns. So, so hey,
1: we, we, we worked it. We, we hey. Close, close gets it done here. We, 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 you're we, killing was, it. We was three for three. Uh, shout out to PFF for uh, thinking the same way I do. You're, you're a smart Absolutely.
0: people. Absolutely. <laughs> you are 100% in stride with PFF projections right now. If you go up to the top here, I wanted to see who, who they got having, like, the biggest receiving. They got Tyreek Hill up there, right? Uh, most yards, most touchdowns. So.
1: Devontae yeah. Adams is 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 a – <laughs> he's a monster to me to me if you ask me overall who's the best receiver in the game he may yeah. not have the elite speed but for me Devonte adams to me is probably the best receiver if you just go watch him and his varied releases off the ball it's just crazy um it's almost impossible getting hands on him in a bumper run situation he can run every route on the route tree um he has tremendous hands Great sideline awareness. And and he has, you know, good enough speed to, you know, threaten you deep, but still still make sure he can come back and and make those catches and and change of direction underneath where you need to run those routes. I think Devontae Adams for me is, is the best receiver in football right now.
0: It's hard to argue with that. I you know, I, I agree uh in a lot of your points there. Let me ask you this. Uh they got Julio Jones here, and he's a topic of conversation right now. Obviously, he wants traded and all that stuff. They got him down for twelve hundred yards and six touchdowns. Can he still do that?
1: That if here's here's when you look at it. Um it's all with Julio, it's all about injuries, right? Yeah. If you're a big guy. Big guys at receivers do not fare well as they tend to get older. Even look at the, you know, you can still have your smaller guys. That, you know, if Tyreek Hill loses three or four steps, right? Yeah. Well, that's not too bad. You can be Antoine Antoine Randwell <laughs> like you can, bro. You, I mean, you could just you could just be in the slot and just work on your route running, and you still can get open. Like that's you know, you're a quick guy. You can work on change of direction. But when you're, you're a, you're a straight-line physical receiver, Julio Jones goes from running 4-4, and he can run by you to now all of a sudden you're running like a tight end a little bit. Separation, okay. working. Now, he can still be a red zone target. He can still go up and get the ball. He still use that big frame to box people out. But if you're, if you're losing uh, you know lateral quickness, you're losing uh, the mobility inside, the ability to switch and change your hips and direction, that's where it's hurt the most in terms of big receivers. If Julio stays healthy, I, I totally think he can get 1,200 yards. You got to think about okay. it. 1,200 yards ain't, ain't created the same no more, right? Because we got another right. game. It's 17 yeah. games now. So, you know, 1,200 yards is more like a, a you know, a thousand yard season, a little bit, right? You got to we, We'll start to catch on to that a little later um, in, in terms of that.
0: You're right. I think that that twelve hundred rushing and passing will kind of be like the new thousand threshold, right? Uh, if you know, moving forward uh, with seventeen games, they really, you know, they. In my opinion, they need to get this thing to an even number as as quickly as possible.
1: You're messing the math You're messing the math up, You're the math up right screwing now.
0: Screwing me up here with seventeen. Let's get it to eighteen, and then you know whatever, and to give them an extra buy. Call it twenty weeks. Let's just do I've that. Been pre- I've been
1: trying to get rid of. I've been trying to get rid of the. You need two preseason games,
0: two preseason two. games, and, and and eight playoff teams on each side. Y- y- what? Why well, we got a, seven?
1: We got seven. Well, well here's the thing, too. Um, when you look at it. Are you going to start any... giving back the two buys? Are you going to get the first two teams to get two buys? The first I don't round? think
0: they should get a buy. I don't. I mean, what what other sports do teams get a buy in the first round? In? I
1: I think. Well, here's the thing. I think it makes it so much more competitive, and it stops people from saying, "All right, well, I'm not going to play my guys. If I'm going to make the playoffs, and I know I'm gonna, I'm going to have home field. If you got that first pick, it makes people literally say, "Yo." That is such a big factor because here's the thing. Think about the AFC. The Browns are, are – Browns, I mean, most people's thoughts, the Browns, Bills, Ravens are the same on equal playing field, right? Yes. Then you yeah. got the Chiefs, Right. Then you yeah. then you go down and you got teams like the Dolphins and the Colts that are kind of in that middle round. Dolphins, Colts, uh, the the uh, the Raiders are in that that mix as well of, of guys that are are in the you know, Steelers, right? So there's another group. But here's the thing: if you got eight teams and you got uh, you playing the the eighth team in in the AFC, that's not a walk in the park. We all no, agree, we all agree that no. the Colts, the Steelers, uh, the the Raiders, those the Dolphins, those teams have the capabilities of beating uh, certain teams. They, I mean, they could beat. Uh, it, it's not out of the picture. It's not likely that they would. You know, Kansas City would lose. But say if Baltimore ends up with the first pick or first um, seed, it's not out of the question that they can lose that game. That's, yeah, that's no crazy. question.
0: Yeah, I just I guess. My thing is, like, in the playoffs, I feel like a team should have to win the same amount of games to win a Super Bowl than the other team. Like, that, that bye week throws me off. I'm just not down with it. You just
1: messed my viewing pressure up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Let, let's let's do tight ends real quickly. Uh, so, Austin Hooper, uh, over under 500 yards. Oh, he'll have over
1: 500 he so do that he'll
0: do that over under three and a half touchdown catches he'll
1: get that he'll get that all right
0: so he'll let's see it. what PFF's got him at here i threw in joku's numbers on here too what they got for him but they got him at 518 so you nailed that again and uh four and a half touchdowns uh so you're crushing this uh there you go, man. yeah and then uh, they got in with 26 catches 291 uh yardage and two point seven touchdowns. Uh, I th- I think that Njoku in his newfound acceptance of Cleveland may have a bigger year than that.
1: Oh, listen, I this is this is where they're wrong. David Njoku, if you look at it during the season and you look at it down the back stretch, David Njoku was the best tight end they had on their roster. I mean, go back and watch it. Go watch, Go watch those games at the the, the the end of the season. He was their right. best blocker. He was their best vertical threat. He He wasn't dropping the ball like he was before. David and Joku had two and two and a half, two point seven touchdowns. Come on, that's that's ridiculous. Like he's at tight end, their best red zone target in terms yeah. of what he can do. Two ninety one is way too. That's way way too. Uh, low. I think when you saw you see Njoku, you you you're gonna see a lot less of Bryant this year. Unless Hooper is like fell off. Um I think yeah. that David Njoku will be more you know as the season goes on. You'll start to see him a lot more, and especially when it comes to throwing downs.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I mean that catch he had in the Kansas City game where he all out just dove for it. Like, you don't see tight ends make catches like that. Like, that was freakish, right? And he held on to it. That was amazing. He
1: so. had a great catch against the uh, the New York Jets as well, too.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm hoping for big things from him this year, like a breakout-type season, right? Because he's going to be getting, uh, you know, some extra guaranteed money on that fifth-year option and everything, and he seems to be happy now. So, let's get him in the mix, right? Right. Um, all right, so this is PFF's prode- projected uh, Browns starting lineups, right? So the only one that ha- really have questions that I'm going to question you and get your opinion on here is because they, they put them in the nickel on defense, right? So they have two linebackers on the field. What two linebackers would you put on the field if you had to pick their starting lineup on defense right now?
1: Uh, two linebackers? uh Walker um and uh <laughs> if they were playing if they're in base uh Taki Taki I think will play um I think he'll he'll fight for time with Phillips but yeah. JOK I would think will 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 play most of your nickel like if it's passing downs he's going to play Taki Taki will play one to two downs and it'll get to a point by the end of the year I think they'll see whether or not where he's going to be at. I, I think JOK will be a starter. I don't know if he'll be playing on some of your big downs, but um, but then again, here's the thing: you might, I, you know, they got still got Smith. They still got Smith. Yes. Um, they still got him. I, I think your Taki Taki in base and, and Walker will be will be playing your linebackers, but JOK okay. will eventually get to
0: get that position. Okay. Uh, I like that thought process. Now, now, uh, at corner opposite Denzel, who do you think starts the season at corner out there?
1: That's another hot tub time machine. It's whether or not who. Here's the thing. I have have three herniated discs in my neck today. Like, they're not operable. I've already had neck surgery once. I know about nerve damage. I know about, like, I don't have to tackle nobody. I don't even listen. I don't even. People be like, I don't even move furniture no more. I don't, I don't do yeah. none of that. I be getting movers. Like, no, nah, I can't do that. Like, I don't move nothing. And I know how it is to be like, wow, I, I, you lose feeling in your arm. You like, wow, this is kind of crazy. I don't know if this is coming back. And Greedy Williams has to tackle people. Like, yes. it's not like he's just he can play two hand touch, below the ways. That's right. a situation where you you got nerve damage. So I don't know how many days he's going to be able to practice in a row. I don't know how many maintenance days he's going to get. I don't know any of that. Here's what I do know. I know younger players got a lot of energy. I know younger players in the first round, they like them for a reason in the first round. And they get a number one pick in the first round for a reason. And you don't have any, many, any, any energy. So if, if Newsom is out there more than Greedy Williams, he'll start. Yeah. But let me give you this. If Greedy Williams shows that um, he is able to stay out there and he's able to be healthy, I think Greedy Williams has an experience level over over Newsom. I think he has. He, he played at a top program. Uh, he's had a year to watch film. He knows what it is, and I think he, he's, his feet are to the fire a little bit. It all depends on on his his. Ability to stay on the field. I think that's immediately what it comes down to. If I had a, a one something to pick, I would probably say Newsom plays over Greedy Williams because I don't think Greedy Williams will be every day out there in the in the summer type guy. But I think he'll get a lot of playing time.
0: I agree, and so does Pro Football Focus. So here's their projected starting lineups. As I said, they we got him in nickel here. So obviously you got Newsom Hill. Uh, they got Ronnie Harrison and John Johnson III. So, I mean, that's again. It was interesting. Did you listen to the Delpit uh, presser yesterday? Did yeah, he,
1: he said, "Yo, I'm I'm not a rookie." He's like, "I've been watching." He's like, "Yeah,
0: I'm a second year. I'm yeah, a second
1: year guy." Um, and I've talked to Mary Kay Cabot, and I've I've talked to Daryl Ryder, and, and they seem to think that if if Grant Delpit is, and we've seen his workout video where he's he's backpedaling and turning and running and all that good yes. stuff. We yeah. if Grant Delpit is starting, if Grant Delpit is is good to go, they project him to start. Um right. and you know, they you know they cover the you know the Browns for whatever that is. But um they, they're under the thought process that if, if he's ready to go, he's gonna be one of the uh, safeties with John Johnson third.
0: So so you think he starts it free in front of Ronnie? Uh
1: if he's healthy, yes. Uh I, I think I just think Grant Delpit is a more dynamic player. Um, yeah. Grant Delpit was at one point, point in time seen as a top five pick. Uh, you know, he's had injuries, he had an ankle injury his uh, his uh, you know, his uh, junior year that really cost him some, um, you know, some some of his draft stock. Uh, he was injured uh, last year as a rookie, but you have to look at it if he's there, um, he's gonna start. Now, Ronnie Harrison to me, and this nickel package looks a little different. Ronnie yes. Harrison, to me, will probably be paying linebacker. So if you think about it, you look at linebacker right now, if you look at Jacob Phillips and Jeremiah Kormo, if you if you look at that, you say, all right, well, we slide. We want to get more defenders. We want to get more defensive backs out here. We're going to put Ronnie Harrison at that linebacker position for Jacob Phillips. Still keep JOK out there. And now what you have is you have – uh, in, in your sub packages now, you have a defensive back that's still able to come up and, and play the run and still be a hitter. You still have another hybrid guy in JOK that's out there, and you still have your best defensive backs.
0: So that's the de- that's the death lineup right there. Yeah, that's right? the small ball. So,
1: that's our version of the Golden State Death Lineup.
0: Yeah, that's the death lineup. When you put Ronnie up in the box and you put uh, J.O.K. as your only linebacker and then you have John Johnson the third, and Grant Delpit, Troy Hill, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward, you got all those guys on the field, that's your death lineup. The problem is a good running team might be able to just run right over you, you know, uh, uh, maybe right, like you're not going to do that against Tennessee, right? So yeah, Derrick I mean, Henry, I
1: don't think you run this. You know, this is a third and eight package. This is this is right. this is third. This is third and long uh, against good teams, right? You know, this is the lineup that you would run when you got Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, it's third and seven. Because here's the thing, Lamar Jackson is is, is liable to run I, third and seven. I don't I don't believe you throwing the ball ten yards. I think you're gonna pull the screens yeah. down and you'll take off. So this is your death lineup. But let me give you this also: that level of speed that you are able to put there, because yeah. you can still you still got Miles Garrett on the end, Jadavian Clowney on the end. You can even put Dak McKinley uh, somewhere up there in that death lineup. And guess what? You're not running away from nobody on that field.
0: Yeah, man. You put the movement. You yeah, Even in that death lineup, you might move Clowney to the inside and bring in McKinley, and then you're just super fast, right? Everywhere. Yeah, you just you uh, you
1: just it, it's a video game lineup. Um, yeah. Like you said, you do it, You you are a little vulnerable against the run, but you know one thing about Clowney is one of the best. He's one of the best guys in the league as far as getting off blocks. And and playing the run. So you do have some upgrades at defensive end that's that's able to, you know, get off blocks and make plays.
0: We know that Joe Woods wants to run this dime package with the three safeties on the field, right? Mm -hmm. He he talked about it, that they ran it 17 downs last year, and he wants to run it like 70, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like – we know he wants to do that. So we know that if D- with Delpit's healthy, they can go Harrison, Delpit, Johnson, and, and, and deploy those guys on the field. The question is, like, a lot of people, I think, want to put JOK in that third safety. You know what I mean? Like, they want to put him in that area. And I guess you could do that in, like, a heavier version of that dime package. And then Because I think the Browns are really high on Jacob Phillips still.
1: Yeah, I think he. You know, he's a third round pick guy. Uh, I think he's another one. You know, you know, uh, the Browns have become LSU North. Um, He's just a
0: speed. He's just speed, and he tackle. He's a sure tackler. You know.
1: Um, you know, he he's another guy that can't really. He hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy at this point.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: I think that's that's hurt him a little bit. Um, to me, um. JOK is not a deep third safety. He's not a guy. So what you can do is, and the idea is this. When you watch the Super Bowl, JOK and Ronnie Harrison playing linebacker does one thing for you. It basically shuts down the tight ends and running back stuff. You know, usually when you're playing nickel, you got guys like Travis Kelsey who who victimize people over the middle because you can't cover them with a linebacker. What that yeah. does, it gives you an opportunity to say, all right, well, if you want to swing your linebackers or you want to swing your backs out of the backfield, we got that covered because we have safeties covering him. When when you want to run down the scene, we have guys that can run with you down the scene. And, and so you're not giving up that much in terms of you know what you're giving up uh, in, in the run support game. but you can shut down a lot of that underneath stuff where it's option routes and you're throwing the ball short of the sticks and you're hoping guys can break a few tackles and get you the first down. That's where JLK and, and Harrison will help you out at a, during that. And even Jacob Phillips is a, is a, is a good back. And he's a good linebacker. Um, I just think that when you got Grant Delpit, he's, he's a much, he has way better range. Um, it's not even, it's not even questionable. Who's yeah. who's better in coverage when it comes to that? So I, I think he's more in, in terms of that um, where he needs to be at.
0: Good shit. Good shit. Uh very good stuff from you, uh G Bush. You are the man. Knock that out of the park. We're talking about that defense there. That defense will be fun. They can do so many different things, so many different ways. Like you, you know, you mentioned Walker. I like what he brings from a leadership standpoint, and he's a film room buff. He'll get in there and be able to teach some of those guys. Uh, You know, you don't see the kind of uh, send-offs that you saw from the guys in Indy without a guy that's like that. You know what I mean? Like, those were some heartfelt, like, this dude affected me as a man and a player, and that's the kind of guy you want in your locker room. So I'm happy to have him there, and I think he can he can play that middle linebacker role to well as as well and and you know Taki Taki's there to play the run you know he he's he can do that but he has a place on the team because against a run heavy team you can put him out there in your base right and definitely uh, a,
1: definitely a special teams guy Taki Taki is on all those units kickoff kickoff return punt units so he's one of those guys that is Phillips is on those units as well too Um, So he's really a a special team guy as well. Uh, So that's why he's so valuable. And that's why you look at it and just say, okay, well, he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to get minutes. And and y'all just got to take in this consideration. There's going to be an injury that happens to one of your starters. We just don't know who it is. Uh, And it just is what it is. Like you you can't injuries. People say we just need to stay healthy. Staying healthy is not a thing in the league. Like (laughs) people say it. You know, the, you know the last time you were healthy, midget league football, pop one. Right. Uh, you know the the youth youth leagues. That's when you were healthy. Anything past that, you get to junior high. Everybody is day to day. It's
0: a war of attrition for yes. sure. Um, all right. You're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. Special guest Garrett Bush of ninety two point three. The fan is with us. Gonna, we're gonna finish it off with this right here, okay? We're gonna go down real quick, down some uh, extension talk, and mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on this stuff. Uh, we're pushing up against an hour. I didn't mean to keep you this long. I'm sorry, but oh, it's time, all good. We just, we just a couple dudes talking ball, man. It's all time good. flies when we're talking. You know, me and you get together, this happens. This is what yeah. happens. So, all right, sir. So let's, uh, uh, let's. Hash this out. Yesterday, the NFL comes out and says salary cap ceiling of two hundred eight point two. That's a twenty-five million dollar bump. Now, I think with the TV money, they had to put a ceiling on it because it was going to go higher if, but with the calculations, like they want to make sure that it only goes twenty-five and then tw- maybe twenty the next year. Like it's going up. Like the cap is going to go through the roof in the next two years, which helps the Browns because they got some guys to sign here. Uh, Let's start with Nick Chubb uh, extension. This is his final year of his deal. How do you want to handle this with Nick Chubb?
1: There's a couple ways you can look at it. The first thing I always do is, is I take a look at when I'm talking about these extensions and I've been talking about it for two years now. Um, with Nick Chubb, you got to look at it like this. Nick Chubb is a guy that I think the Browns want to take care of because, to me, he is the he's the example of what they want in a player. He's 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 if you if you say what do the Browns want? They want somebody smart, hardworking, um, and, and a person that that is versatile. He's the, he can catch the ball in the backfield. Um, he comes back. He's 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 he runs the ball. He, he scores touchdowns and turns around, celebrates with his team. Big Chubb is a dude that everybody's like, "Yo, I, I'd probably let you date my sister." He's just a solid. He's he's the epitome of <laughs> <laughs> he's the epitome of what everybody in the league wants, like as a back. I go right. back and look at the top running backs and, and tell what they're getting per year, um, and we we just look at the total guarantees. So Christian McCaffrey signs his deal. He's getting 30 million guaranteed. Alvin Kamara, you know, has a little bit, bit more total value at a 75 million deal. But he's only guaranteed the, guaranteed the 17.8 million per average uh, on a year. Uh McCaffrey's getting 16. Uh, Alvin Kamara is at 15. Ezekiel Elliott is at 15 uh, million per year. Uh, Zeke's deal is about 28 million and then you get down to where we can start comparing guys that I think he's going to want to be somewhere in this mix. Uh, Joe Mixon is is making $10 million a year. Uh, you got Aaron Jones, who just signed a deal at $13 million. And then you got Derrick Henry, who who is total guaranteed for his deal is $25 million. Uh, but on average, he's around 12, 12 and a half a year. So I think Nick Chubb is going to want to be in that, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Echelon, which is somewhere between twelve and 15, 12 and fifteen million per year.
0: Dude, I, I mean, this is what I've been saying. You, you just, you nailed it, right? So the Aaron Jones deal is kind of garbage, right? Like they get they signed him to that deal, but it only has thirteen million dollars guaranteed money on it, straight up front, like one Let's year. You might as well have signed them to a franchise tag with a bunch of the avoid years on the end.
1: Yeah. Uh, it don't make no difference. It's
0: crazy. Right. Right. So, and the franchise tag is at a point right now. I guess the transition tag is is less. It's like eight or nine million. Mm-hmm. But the franchise tag is around 12, over two years, three years, it's going to be around 12, $13 million a year, which is where the contracts are at. So, why not give them the Derrick Henry deal for four for 48? right just mm-hmm. like Henry got four for 48 with 24 25 million guaranteed you have an out after two years you're telling me we don't want two more years in Nick Chubb I'm signing up for that now and it gives him the guarantee the the little bit of security that he wants he gets that one year extra year versus signing the franchise tag i I, I would go that route now I would sign up for that today uh,
1: and I think he I think Nick Chubb is only 25 right. Yeah, I think he just turned. I think he's 25 years old. That puts you roughly when you got to go back to the table and negotiate again, uh, like it, 28, it, 28, 29. And that's where running back seem to hit a ceiling. So, yes, I, I think that's where, where they put him at. And I think he would I think he'd do that deal. I think he would if he even if he was somewhere in, in that range, you know, of averaging 12.5, 13 a year. Yes. I think he
0: signs it and he's uh, good to go. I agree. I mean, they could play at hardball with him, no doubt. They could they could transi- transition tag him, oh, and then means, that's yeah, bad. or franchise tag him. But I don't think you want the headache of what that does with a player and the relations. Because some people forget, G. Bush. You know, they always say. Like I hear people say all the time, Nick Chubb is such a nice guy. He'll give a hometown discount. He'll sign whatever deal. No, dude, you're not negotiating with Nick Chubb. You're negotiating with his agent first mm. of all. Like it's not like he's not going to be sitting there at the table like, oh, yeah, nice, good old, nice guy, Nick Chubb. You're going to be t- talking with the agent who is a shark and you're going to get try to get every dollar he can for him.
1: And you're, in, and, and you're not only negotiating with Nick Chubb, you're negotiating with future people. You're yes. negotiating with future agents, future guys. So you don't want something where it's like the Cleveland Browns don't they don't take care of the people because if there's anybody that should be taken care of, I mean, Nick Chubb is a second round pick. I mean, he turn comes in and he's everything that you want to represent. You want to reward that behavior, right? So no
0: question. Let's take no care question. Of yeah, I agree completely. And I don't think it's, you're not, you're not over-investing. You're you're signing up for two more years and then you have an out if you need it. Uh, and, and for me, he's done enough for that. And he's shown at least, up to this point and and this is when you would ideally sign the deal maybe during camp or whatever mm-hmm. uh but like he's he's done everything you can ask of a guy to step into an organization and you absolutely you, you nailed it when you said you have to reward that all right baker mayfield extension uh thoughts on when this happens and and how it happens maybe
1: uh, I think it happens after the year, um, yeah. and I think the, and I think it happens after the year because that's how big of a deal it is. Like, there's no the, the Browns from a standpoint don't have anything uh, to gain by negotiating now. Uh, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Like, you, if you look at it, if Baker Mayfield plays well, he's pretty much going to get a crazy deal, um, and and they already kind of know where that deal kind of lays. If you look at the the top contracts, right, you look at uh, the average per year for Ryan Tannehill. He has twenty nine point five. You look at Matt Ryan at thirty million a year. Carson Wentz is at thirty two million a year. Kirk Cousins, thirty three. And then you start to give guys like Aaron Rodgers at thirty three point five. But Rodgers tends to give money back because he wants people to continue to come and, and play for his team and get, you know, give them a deal. The same with Tom Brady. Uh, who gives away? You know, he's never signed for over forty million dollars because he still he knows how restricted that is to building a roster. But here's where it, where it gets you. Um, so you look at the average per year, and you start to say Baker Mayfield is targeting this region, the thirty three point five million for Jared Goff. Baker Mayfield, if you're his agent, you say this. You know, Russell Wilson is at thirty five million. Um, they gave Dak Prescott 40. Deshaun Watson is 39 million, and then of course Patrick Mahomes is is at 45 million. I think you start the conversation if you're Baker Mayfield, you say, uh, Jared Goff, sorry, bro. I'm I'm a number one pick. I'm actually better than you. I need to be somewhere about $36 million because I'm 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 younger than Russell Wilson. I got less hardware, but I'm younger. I'm in the prime of my career. He's making 35. We need to talk about 36 or 37. And it kind of puts me fourth in the league behind Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and and Patrick Mahomes.
0: I agree. Uh, I I even probably said, see, I think you have to account for Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. So these three guys are all going to the table at the same time, basically, right? Either this year or after this year. For the Browns, it only it doesn't make sense to go to the table now, and it doesn't make sense for Baker to go to the table now. There's more money there next year, and the Browns probably want to see more data points before they sign him to the contract. Just just because they can, right? It doesn't behoove them to do either side to come to the table now. So I think you're right. It happens next year. Um, I think you're real close on the figure. I wouldn't be surprised if it got close to forty. No, he I would plays either. well this year.
1: Because so. you, you, you brought up something brilliant. Um, you got to look at it. Josh Allen is, in my opinion, going to get the biggest deal because they're looking at yes. it. They don't have the level of, of talent as far as name brand recognition, as far as guys coming up to free agency. They can afford to overspend on you know yeah. Allen, right? The only other person they're playing is Diggs, right? Uh, yep. you know, you can afford to do that. Uh, I don't think so much for Baltimore. Baltimore is always in a cap restraints. For some reason, they just don't have the cap space like that. I think Lamar Jackson gets in that 33, 30, 30-something 30 um, range. So it behooves Baker to hold on, chill out, see what the market says, and then you can say, all right, well, Josh Allen, you set the market. We'll figure out where we go from there.
0: Yeah, because I think I think Allen gets above 40 or or at 40 or just above. So I, I think it's very possible that, like you said, 36, 37. six, thirty seven. I'm thinking you know between there and forty is where Baker lands, somewhere in there.
1: And, and it's guaranteed. And here's the thing: we got to understand something. If it, it, there's no such thing as like waffling over some a couple million here or there, guys are really looking uh, at this. Uh, Lem- we got somebody says Lamar Jackson is getting at least forty five. I don't think they can pay him. Can't pay him 45 million
0: dollars i don't think they can either and my homes is, is at 45 so wait a minute now he can do everything lamar can and throw it out out of the stadium so i'm not really sure where if, i don't if know you, if you kind of look
1: at it and you look at the cap space availability um and you go down the list uh the cap space available the ravens have about nine million dollars in cap space uh, the effective cap space is about five million dollars right so between now and and a couple of years from now, they're going to have to go up a, a substantial amount of millions to give him forty five million. Uh, that's not even to state whether or not he's worth forty five million. We'll just continue uh, with that there.
0: Yeah, I w- yeah, I would say that Willie. I guess Willie, uh, your comment makes a, a some sense to my a little bit because not that he would get forty five, but I get kind of what you're saying in that. I think that Josh Allen and him and Baker are tied to each other in what they get. So I don't know if Baltimore came to him with an offer of like 33, like you said, if he would play ball with that. He may want what Josh Allen gets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And and because he has an MVP too. I
0: mean, let's not
1: forget he has an MVP um, under his belt. So that's a thing too.
0: Well... Mahomes is getting 45, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, Mahomes getting 45. Dak Prescott is at 40. Now, here's the thing. Josh Allen is definitely better than Dak Prescott, and I, I could see them saying, I want $43 million or $42 million because I want to be hired than Dak Prescott. But if you then you have to say of was the Browns. Josh Allen got 43. Now you have to say, all right, well, you're going to give Baker – over 40 because now you got you saying that Deshaun Watson is making 39 so now it's like okay and at what point if you're Baker Mayfield do you take a deal and you know we still ain't even talked about Denzel Ward we ain't still talked about Teller who's one of the best guards rated the highest position or the highest grade as far as offense alignment now he only did it one year but you still have Chubb you still got Teller, you still got Denzel Ward Did you want to sign. Do you want to go and break the bank, or do you want to keep your team together to to make a run?
0: Yeah, I mean, is that, in your opinion, is that something Baker will take into account, or is he just going to try to max out? Uh,
1: If I was Baker Mayfield, and I think that um, I'm going see. Baker Mayfield has something that a lot of people don't get. Baker Mayfield actually has the ability to earn money in endorsements. He's already one of the highest-endorsed guys in, in in the game, as far as his, his visibility. If you want to look at commercials, Lamar Jackson is the MVP. No commercials. Josh Allen, no commercials. The the faces of the league are uh, your Brady's, uh, your Aaron Rodgers, uh, and, and a guy like Baker Mayfield. he he got commercials. He was on TV every week. He got Hulu. Uh, he got he got the the you know he got the television commercials. He got everything. So you got to think about it. If I was him, I'm, I'd always think about how can I maximize and keep my window open, because at the end of the day, me keeping my window open and a chance to win championships in football is is the main goal. It's the main goal.
0: Um, Willie, again, here with they gave Dak 40. Of course, Lamar is getting more uh, than that. Lamar's resume blows Allen and Baker out of the water. I, I don't think it blows Either guy out of the water, but I think that the guy that's going to get the most out of those three is Josh Allen, no question.
1: I just think the the Browns. Here's the thing: I, it's not about what they owe, right, or or what they what they want to give him. It's about what do you have the ability to do. Um, right. The Baltimore Ravens just don't have the level of cap spaces these other teams do. Like you know, the Buffalo Bills can give. Josh Allen, if they, he said, I want to be the second highest paid player. They could do it and it wouldn't be a problem, right? Um, the, the Browns have a lot of cap space, believe it or not. They can offer him that level of money too. It's not about whether if Lamar Jackson is worth the money. I mean, his resume is better than those other two guys, um, but it's about whether or not they can afford to give him that type of money uh, at that point when he's due, and then, which is coming up in this year.
0: I just I, I question with Lamar Jackson uh, his longevity uh, of his style of play, uh, you know the running and and <clears throat> he's not as good of a thrower as either other guy. I mean he he can't pass the ball like Allen and Allen can certainly is very mobile uh, is just as mobile it maybe may not as just as mobile obviously Lamar yeah. Jackson is a freak but he I mean he can scoot. He, I mean, he takes advantage of running the football. I just I think Allen, I don't know. Yes, he has that MVP on his, on his, uh, resume, which I'm certainly boosts it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just think when you're breaking down those three quarterbacks, there's some questions about his ability to throw the football down the field. Well, see, here,
1: here's the thing. You know, I think the guy, uh, Monte Perez says Tom Brady goes to Super Bowls almost every year, and this contract is never detrimental to the team. I think um, I think that's a a big thing. Tom Brady realized that there's never been a quarterback that has made over forty million dollars that has won a Super Bowl in the new era, uh, and that's because you that's because he realized how restrictive that is in terms of winning Super Bowls. You got it, you guys had. You know, there's a lot of different things that have to happen to make a quarterback very good. Uh, offensive line, running game, uh, receivers and weapons and all these good things. So Tom Brady says, listen, I'll take a little less if you go out and get Gronk. I'll take a little less if you're going to go out here and get Leonard Fournette to help me out. I'll take a little less. You're going to bring Antonio Brown in? Yeah, Tom Brady got a doggone good roster. And uh, he, he they pay a lot of other people. Goodwin is another guy. So I think that's one of the things you, you got to take in consideration, too.
0: Good stuff from the chat here tonight. I appreciate uh, your input on all that stuff. Willie, yeah, I get your point that they may have been injured more than Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying over a period of time, uh, that style of play, you know, designed runs for Lamar Jackson on a smaller frame eventually could take its toll. I'm not saying that it will. Just a thought. Uh, Good conversation there on all of that, and thank you for kicking in. You're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. With the one and only G Bush, follow him on Twitter at G Bush91, host of the barbershop uh at 92.3 the fan. Denzel Ward. What do you want to do with Denzel? Uh, this is
1: the tough one. This is the tough one. Um, you know, the, the three main positions on the field that 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 you're gonna break the bank for. Uh if you wanna be defensive end, premium position, you gotta rush the passer. Uh quarterbacks, of course, that's the highest paid, most important position. But then now, locking down those receivers and locking down, uh, you know, stopping quarterbacks. You have to have pass rushing. You got to have guys in the back end that can hold up. And corner is a premium position at the at, at one of the top flight positions as far as the monetary values go. So if you look at the Cleveland Browns and the way they're 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 situated, they did a good job in and getting. Uh, they did a good job in, in in capitalizing on the most important positions. We just talked about Baker Mayfield who some people can say almost gets $40 million a year. We haven't even talked about the Miles Garrett deal that they gave Miles Garrett making him the highest-paid defensive player for a while. Um defensive defensive end for a while until I think Joey Bosa got for a
0: minute, yeah. For a
1: second. Then they gave yeah. him a deal. Uh yeah. so he's paid 100 some odd $25 million I think Um, So now you have to take a look and say, Denzel Ward is a number one first round draft pick um, coming from that position. And you take a look at who's the top of the uh, the food chain. You you look at the two guys at the top of the food chain. Um, You look at uh, almost averaging um, 20 million a year is Jalen Ramsey. Uh, He's he's a guy who is getting 43 million guaranteed. He has a $100 million deal. Now, granted, we're only looking at the guaranteed money. He's 27. Next guy up, Marlon Humphrey, Uh, he has a a $97 million deal. But you look at it. Look at his total. Look at his guaranteed money $75 million in total guarantees. Uh, 19 and a half a year, right underneath Jalen Ramsey. Um, And so you look at those guys, and he's 25. So then you, you go down and you, you continuously look and you say, okay, well, who's next up? You got Darius Slade, uh, Tredavious White is, is right underneath that. They're getting on average a year, 16, about 16.5, 16.6 a year. And then you got two uh, Miami Dolphins guys that are old, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, those guys are also getting 16.5 and 15 million a year. So you look at those guys and you say, okay, well, let's target where we can get at with Denzel Ward. Right now, Denzel Ward is 24 years old. He'll be 25 coming up, first-round draft pick. He already had his first big deal. But at 24, you got to ask yourself, is he better than these guys above him? Uh, Janoris Jenkins, uh, Patrick Peterson, Kenny, uh, Kenny Moore. Jeff Okuda, who's a rookie first round pick, but, you know, got that guaranteed money. Uh, Michael Davis, Chris Harris Jr., Kyle Fuller, uh, Kendall Fuller, uh, Ronald Darby, Bradley Roby. Joe Hayden is, is, believe it or not, making $11 million a year. You got Stefan Gilmore, $13 million a year. And Dory Jackson just signed for $13 million a year. So now you got to keep looking up and you're going up and going up and you say, if you're if you're if you're Denzel Ward, I'm better than Darius Slay. What you talking about? He's getting sixteen six. I want seventeen million dollars. Seventeen million guaranteed for him is a lot of money. He could say I'm better than Tre'Davious White for playing for the Bills. He's getting now these guys got total contracts sixty nine million dollars. I think Denzel Ward fancies himself as a guy who's a premium player who he would say I'm in terms of my skill set. In terms of my age, I think I'm right under Marlon Humphrey, and you know what he got nineteen five. I'll take eighteen, and we'll call it a day.
0: Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> worried about that too. I mean, seriously, that you nailed that You laid that out perfectly. But I, I'm worried that he's going to want up, you know, close to twenty million dollars a year. Here's my thing with the Browns, right? It's not going to happen this year. It's going to happen next year if it happens, right? Yeah. I want to see him play 14 games healthy this year before I even think about that. Facts.
1: Fact. And he has a lot of soft tissue injuries. It's it's things like hamstrings. I mean, he missed a whole camp when, when him and uh, him and greedy William both missed the whole camp when, when Freddie Kitchens was here with the hamstring injury. Uh, you know, he has, he's a slider frame. Uh, he, he throws his body around a lot. He's not very healthy. Uh, and when it comes to certain things, and, you know, some people, what are you? I want to see more production. I want to see more interceptions. I want to see big playability. I know, listen, I, I watch Marlon Humphrey play him, the, the Ravens twice a year. I know what he does. He, he's physical and he can cover and he goes downfield. Jalen Ramsey, physical, line up with any receiver you want him to, and they, they play the game and they're out there. If I'm going to give Denzel 18, he got to have five interceptions this year, and I want to see him play 14 games like you do. Uh, five picks, 14 games, and be locked down where you, it's just apparent if I, it, that he's the best corner on the field and you're not getting no touches today. That's what I need to see to get the 18 money. 18 is a lot.
0: Yeah, it is a lot. You know, you make a great point about that. It's just, here's my thing, G. Bush, is... I've seen those guys play too, and I've seen Denzel when he's playing his best, and when he's playing his best, I think he is as good as a lot of those guys in coverage. Mm -hmm. Not so much the physical element, but in coverage. And really, ultimately, that's what we're asking him to do. I, I, I would do 15, 16 seventeen, you know, I don't know. But you get up there towards twenty, you're asking a lot. If you're gonna ask for twenty or or eighteen or nineteen, then you gotta be showing me that you're healthy for fourteen games this year and you're gonna do it on a on a on a more consistent basis. And and, I guess. and,
1: and, and let me throw this out here, and a lot of people don't a lot of people don't take this into consideration. Yeah. Let me throw this out there for you. Look at the number of people you have that are on prove me deals. Now Malik Jackson is a one-year deal. Walker is, you know, those are one-year guys, unless they come out and, and, and have career years. Even if they have Pro Bowl years, I don't think the Browns are, are thinking about, oh, we got to sign these guys up to a long-term deal. But here's the thing you do have to take in consideration. If either Tech McKinley or Jadavian Clowney have monster years, if Clowney has his best year and he comes in and says, He's never had over nine sacks in a year. If he comes out, plays every single game and they look like they're, they're, they're the, the, the next coming of the, the dynamic duo with him and miles Garrett. And he has 14, 15 sacks and miles Garrett has 19 sacks or something crazy. He's on a one year deal. You got to actually, you got to ask yourself now. It's like, all right, well, I got Denzel Ward and I got these two freaks of nature up front. I, i got to at least think that I might want to sign him. If David Njoku comes out and says, hey, I got, I got eight or nine touchdowns, and I'm, I'm, I'm around 900 yards, I'm a first-round pick, and he looks like he's a monster, it's now not a foregone conclusion that you're jettisoning David Njoku, and it's his first year, last year here at Cleveland. you got to think about these other guys that could possibly pop up, have great years. And you're in a situation with, like with Teller where he has a pro bowl year. He looks like one of the best linemen in the game. And now you have to reconsider how much we're going to pay
0: him. Great thought because all of a sudden he becomes your long-term solution that you've been looking for opposite miles Garrett. If he has a year like that and how much is that worth? Right. So (laughs) uh, a lot. So, yeah, I mean, Denzel is, is a question. I think a lot depends on his performance this year and you know, I'm, I would. I would like. Cornerbacks are at such a premium that if he does show out, I'm cool with it, right? Like, right. If he was going to be dominate, I'll take it. Yeah, you, they're hard to find. To it's hard to find guys like Denzel, right? Like it's hard to find guys like him. So, so you know, show me that you can play 14 games healthy. Just make some big plays in crunch time. And I'm cool with, with it and and I'll yeah, I'll replace Wyatt Teller instead, I guess. I don't know. Uh Man, that's <laughs> that's, good place. Yeah, that's I, the next question is Wyatt Teller. What do you want to do with him? Well,
1: let's let's take a look at it. So let's get in the hot tub time machine and, he's and go down and, big and big figure out what, what Wyatt Teller is making. Wyatt Teller is actually making uh he's making like Ford F one fifty money. Uh, Wyatt Teller is actually making like two hundred and fifty four thousand dollars a year, like guaranteed money. He, he he's, his contract is, is literally six hundred seventy eight thousand dollars. He he just made himself the highest rated lineman in the game according to Pro Football Focus. I think it's a ninety two point nine or yeah. something stupid. So yeah. you take a look at what he's doing at twenty seven. I think you can get you, you can get away um a, a little bit cheaper here because he is 27, and you could say we're going to give you a long-term deal that puts you up to give him a four-year deal, uh, and you know, go ahead and give him you know maybe 10, 11 million dollars a year, and he may take that because right now you, you don't expect a guy who who comes out of nowhere at 27, you know, in a couple of years he's going to be 30, you can still get him together if you look at the guy and he plays a position. That traditionally does not make a bunch of money uh as a guard. So you're looking at uh, you know, the highest paid guards in the game. Uh you got guys like Brandon Sharif, uh, and he's making $18 million a year. I don't know how that's possible. You are a guard. Yeah. Uh maybe it's a one-year deal. I don't know, but that's a boatload of money. Uh yeah. you got Zach Martin, who is 31 at this point. Zach Martin is making 14 a year. Uh, Brandon Brooks for the, you know, the Eagles is making is like $14 million a year. But these guys are 31, 32, 30 years old. Uh, David DeCastro is making $10 million a year. He's 31. Uh, you look at these guys, uh, even, even Kevin Zeitler. Kevin Zeitler signed for $7.5 million, right? Seven point five. million. Um, his total guarantees of $16 million. If the Browns say, listen, let's get you up there. We're going to sign you to a four-year deal. We're going to give you about $11 million a year. We're going to put you ahead of uh, – you're going to make the fourth highest paid guard. We're going to put you above uh, uh, Graham, uh, Graham Gasol, Gasol uh, from um, the Broncos at 29 years old. We'll make you the third highest paid lineman, maybe $12 million, and see if you'll sign him. I think he might sign it. And, and if you can get him for $12 million, uh, you know, I think that's a nice bump for a guy who was an undrafted free
0: agent. interesting i don't know if he would that's i mean that's tough because like uh james makes a good point well he us the contract he's on right now one year 2.1 million dollars i don't think he's made much money in his career obviously
1: no he hasn't made any no money so so if you give a, if you if you can and here's always funny just front load the deal so <laughs> just front load it Everybody thinks that front loading means you, you can just go ahead and just pay everybody a hundred million. dollars front loaded. G. Bush, um, in his case, he's twenty seven. Uh, he's a lot. He's a lot younger than some of these other guys. And and by the way, he's a lot better than some of these guys too. Uh, but I think by playing guard, he can get to, if you if he if you gave him eleven million a year and his guaranteed money was like. Uh, You know 28 million I think he might be like yo I'll take that yeah. I'll, We'll see what we can do
0: 28 yeah Yeah that's that, I mean that's a good amount For a, a guard right there Of guaranteed cash Uh, You know so Yeah I mean I, I, I would hope He would take that I mean that would be a steal I think for the kind of player that he's going to turn in To be here's my thing like With him is, is like I know he's a stud, and he's a different breed. And but his work with Bill Callahan kind of, met, you know, developed him into what he was. He wasn't this player in Buffalo. No, he was nowhere he became near this player. Yeah, he became this player when, when working with Callahan and in the scheme, right?
1: Uh, I think I, 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 man, I see where you're going. I, when What's I watch to say
0: that James Hudson can't be him?
1: Well, listen. I think James Hudson is a guy who's they're they're trying to get the swing guy like that. Yeah. Um, I look at it like this. You got so at, let me ask you this question. You know, Joe botonio is the fourth highest paid. You know, guard. He's thirty years old. Yeah. Joe Botonio is making ten million a year, right? He got yeah. twenty three total guarantee, right? Yep. Yeah. Joe Batonio has is more experience, but he's not. He's not the player Treader is, or excuse no. me, Teller is. I, I I think he's just, you know, he's not. But he, you know, his, Joe Batonio's main Pro Bowls. I, I mean, he's getting, you know, he's getting ten million a year. I think if you say, hey, hey, a hey, a hey, hey, Teller, we'll give you eleven. I I think he signs up for it. I think that's okay. you know, I think he might do it. If he wants somewhere around 16 million dollars a year, come on, we're not doing that. We can't Matt. we can't do that. We we're not going to yeah. do
0: that. Um, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, he, he may get offered that, but he may have to to realize that his career blossomed here with Callahan in this offense and maybe, you know, maybe take a little bit less to stay and maybe that's when you bump up the guaranteed money a little bit more to make you know make it yearly but yeah we're gonna guarantee you a little bit more or you know uh per year.
1: But the Browns and we'll say this and, and we'll say this in, in finishing on, on him the Browns are a different offense when, when he's in a lineup and it's hard to say that about linemen. You know you look at the difference between the when he's in the game, he's he's the best pulling he's the best pooling guard in the game. They can yes. run so many different things with his, with his athleticism, and he punishes people. He makes it a long night for guys that are like, man, would you get your hands off me? Offensive lineman hands smell bad. You guys are, oh, you just sound like, you just smell like you just ate a bunch of meat. Like, you guys <laughs> are just, Ugh. And he's one of them dudes that just leaning on you, punishing you. And the Browns are monstrous when he's in the game
0: think they need to be prepared, though, if he does come to the table and ask for something like $16 million a year to have a replacement like Hudson or somebody else. Yes, Drew and I Forbes. like him, too. And yeah.
1: I like him, and I like him, too. Uh, yeah, and so, uh, the, Nick, Harris, Nick Harris is a guy that they, 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 Treader is making is making a boatload of money, too, by the way. Uh, the, our center is making a lot of money, um, and, and I think uh, they have him as a backup as well, too. So um, Yeah,
0: and, and uh, not – not not the biggest fan of Treader lately with all of this NFLpa stuff but uh you know how that goes uh, hey you
1: know you know, you, you know I, I look, my goal for the Cleveland Browns here's my goal they got so many people with injury problems injury in history if you told me we were sitting all of them out I don't care they County tag McKinley be hurt Malik Jackson be hurt Odell Beckham be hurt Jarvis Landry was hurt listen all of y'all. Here's what we do. Get me to get me to week one. If you want to get hurt in the game, so be it. That's part of the game. But I can't have you out there getting injured like Grant Delbert and Greedy Williams in, in, in the in first. No, nah, bro. Uh, uh-uh. I'll give me a substitute team to play these preseason games. Uh, Who I'm scared of them. Good gracious. Yeah.
0: I no. You got every right to be scared of that. Uh. I mean, it, it happens every year and it happens almost every team every year so it is scary and there's a lot of guys with a, a history of that um so maybe I should be thankful they're not out on the grass although they are supposedly uh in talks to negotiate here's my thing i just want there's nine potentially nine new starters on the defense yep. like uh, i would like to see them out there like walking through <laughs> just getting an, an idea right like you know, like a lot of these teams have negotiated no eleven on 11s no contact, no seven on sevens. But we'll go there. We'll do drills. We'll do this. It would just be nice to have them in the building, get acclimated, get get used to the scheme. Da 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 da. Right now, it's just the rookies there, right?
1: Yeah, it's just rookies <clears throat> there right now. I always take a look at this and say this: what the cat the cat got out of the bag with this? Like like myself, I work. There's a lot of people due to the pandemic. That their business was on the line if they didn't come up with something fast. Hey, what do we do? We got to get you know our you know my company that I work for outside of here. You know they they everybody in the company got computers. They shipped every computer out. And you got a monitor and we did it in one day. Everybody go home and I mean we we're, we're scattered across the mm-hmm. country. I manage people in four states. I manage people in uh, Arizona, I manage people in Florida, I manage people uh, in Nevada, I manage people in Michigan and Ohio. That's five states and Texas, sorry, six. Uh, you get used to it. You just get used to how you need to locate and move and, and maneuver. And the NFL found out and the players found out, hey, Cleveland Browns were pretty good last year. You know, they went to win a playoff game. Guess what? They did all of that with no offseason, nothing. They just was zooming and come on in and we'll, we'll figure this out. I think now people are starting to see, well, you know, some of the stuff that we need it, would it be good? Would it make me feel better in my stomach about, you know, seeing what I got and before I go to the first game? Yeah. It'll probably make me feel a little better, but can they still get it done if they don't? Sure.
0: Okay. All right. Hey, Two days in a row. Jake told me I know don't need to worry. You're telling me I don't need to worry. I'm, I might as well just stop worrying. Shit. I mean, hey, don't, just, hey, shit. Don't, and, and by the way, by the <clears> way, <throat> way
1: you, you got a damn good football team. You got a lot of talent. Uh, talent, right. talent usually comes to the top. Uh, our old Browns, yeah, we, we needed all the practice in the world, and then we still get a big break, <laughs> finding ways to lose. So I'll take the ta- rested talent <laughs> over uh, you know, really oiled <clears throat> mediocre guys.
0: Bubble wrap them up, right? Yeah, Bubble right, wrap till uh, week one. put them together. Yep. All right. Uh can the Brown last two questions for E.G. Bush. Can the Browns win? Will the Browns win the North? And uh you got a record prediction for me?
1: Um I got the I got the Browns. I, I'm still trying to figure this thing out when you add another game. I was not, I think, I think I got the Browns, you know, it would have been 12 and four, but now I think they, I think it's 13 and four. I actually yes. think the Browns, I um, think that I think the Browns have a relatively easy schedule um, past the first game against Kansas city. You, you look at the teams where they got, they got the games on the road. I think the pivotal um, game and the quirk of the season is to figure out uh, when you're talking about playing, your division foe, that's probably a, a team that's going to be looking to compete with you all year for the division. When you got them back-to-back weeks, that's a, that's a really crazy little quirk. But the thing that really helps the Cleveland Browns out, though, though when you talk about that quirk, is they got the buy. So you got the Ravens, then you got to buy, then you got the Ravens again. So either way, if you win that game the first time, the Ravens have to win the second game. That's an elimination game in the division. Either one of those two teams cannot afford to take two L's. You have to split at all costs. That's a that's an elimination game. I think when you look at the Browns season, uh, there's a couple of games where that one of those games is a little tricky. Um, I think the Green Bay Packer game is tricky at Lambeau if you got if you got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the first game of the season uh, against Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid in, in, in Kansas City Arrowhead. That's tough. As, that's tough as hell. Uh, but other than that, you look down that schedule. I don't see any crazy yeah. back, back or crazy games that I'm like, oh my goodness, we can't win that. No, I don't. I, I think there's a sleeper game. I think the Vikings will be a sleeper. Um, I like their roster, Cousins. I like uh, I like uh, what, what they got. Dalvin Cook, Thielen, uh, Jeff Jefferson was the best receiver, uh, one of the best rookies in the game. I like that game a little a little crazy with that. And, um, you know, and, and think about this. I, I, I highlight and foreshadow this. The Green Bay Packers on Christmas Day is by far one of the best games in Browns history when it comes to are you ready to watch that? I enjoyed watching the Browns play the Cowboys with the great uniforms, the Browns, the chocolate Browns. But can you imagine? Can you yeah. imagine? The the, the Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field Christmas Day. And you talking about the Browns out there in their traditional uniforms. (laughs) These are pillars. These are pillars of the National Football League. And you got them on Christmas Day. That's second to none. uh, I think it's bigger than the Warriors Cavs every single Christmas. That is a prime time game. And I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that one.
0: Yeah, no question. A uh, couple interesting points on the schedule while we're on it here. No matter really what, the Browns are going to end up playing Aaron Rodgers. So they got Denver on their schedule. They got Oakland on their schedule. They got Green Bay on their schedule. So they're going to get him one way or another, uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> you, know, you know, no matter you know, where, where he ends up.
1: We, we probably go see Aaron
0: Rodgers, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I wrote an article about the Ravens bye week Ravens because. I think it plays huge to the Browns' favor in that when you get ready for the Ravens, it's like getting ready for, like, the wing T or something like that, right? Like, you in the middle of your season, you have to all of a sudden change the way you get ready for every other team and get ready for them differently. Instead of having to do that two separate times mixed in with a bunch of games, you only have to do it once for three straight weeks. That really lightens the load throughout the rest of the schedule.
1: Oh yeah, it does. It, it, it's it, you know what you did well in the game. You can clean up what you did wrong in the game. In Baltimore, I believe the way their schedule goes, I think they play a tough game after us um, at
0: Pittsburgh. At Pittsburgh.
1: So, and I think I, I've been on record saying I, I think Pittsburgh this year um, is is a nine and eight type team. I think they're nine and eight type team they'd be fighting for their playoff hopes during that period. And it's at Pittsburgh after a tough division game with us. And then you come back to us and you got to play us at home now. You know, for them, they best win that first game. For them, they they might want to win that game. Um, I I think um, besides, besides the Minnesota game at Minnesota, I think at New England might be a game that might be a little difficult. I think New England will be improved. All depending on whether or not if Mac if Mac Jones is playing by then. If Mac Jones is playing by then, I'm not worried about him uh, at all. Like because if Cam Newton is still playing, that means by that time in the season, they're competitive. They're winning games. They're they're doing things. They got people out there. And note to New England, New England Patriots. If you're smart, if you're listening to G. Bush, man, and always come to the barbershop. If you're smart, you would be doing this. Why are you not? Why have you not called the the Atlanta Falcons about Julio Jones? Why have you yeah. not been knocking on the door? That is a guy that can get you to the playoffs. I told you about those little tertiary small teams. You have a, you have the availability to then be saying, "Oh no, you put you put the Colts above us." No. We they wouldn't got two tight ends. They want an upgraded offensive line. They can keep Stephon Gilmore. You still got Cam Newton second gear, and you throw Julio Jones in there. I'm just giving you pointers, so you can go ahead and thank me.
0: Yeah, uh, see, I think I think you might end up in Tennessee, G. Bush.
1: And Tennessee just got rid of uh, Corey. What's his name? Uh, Davis. Davis. Uh, AJ Brown is is a monster. Uh, you know. That's another place. That's another place to got you their, go. That's yeah, they got place. their
0: cap in order. See, see, no matter who gets them, has to have their cap in order, too, because yeah, yeah you you might be giving up a second-round pick, but the real cost is taking on that salary in a cap current season.
1: And, and you know, the crazy part about it is and that's why we talk about certain things in Cleveland, because Cleveland is, like, only one of the only teams that can absorb a blow like that, which is crazy because you think, like, well, you know, they got Jarvis Landry Got I mean, that's a stupid, talented, that's over the top good. Um, as far as the receiving court, and the crazy thing about it is the Browns could possibly, you know, sign him and then they can cut him next year. And it's dead cap money. He's not gonna, his cap number goes to like $11 million or something next year. Uh, you know, if, if the price goes down to you find people that don't have the price of you people always ask me if you're the browns and they want a third or a fourth round pick you're like we can do that i mean yeah because yeah. some yeah. people might say do you think odell Beckham jr is going to play 17 games i i don't think he's going given his career i'd have to i had to waver on the side of no you just yeah. have to say whether or not beggar mayfield has a has he gotten to the point where his progression is i'm the man i'll throw you the ball when i see you open i'm not forcing the ball to nobody else i'm the dude in this offense and you guys can fill in wherever you fill in i don't care what the name looks like i'm thrown to where i want to throw to if he's that guy you you wouldn't have no problems bringing him in who cares baker will figure it out like tom brady does uh but if you don't think he's that guy he just let Julio hang out there
0: for a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things I'm most anxious about G. Bush is, is the, uh, you know, to see how Baker plays with OBJ again, just because we saw him take off afterwards. And a lot of people want to time that up with, oh, he just got used to the offense. But I think it's a real thing that kind of makes him press a little, but he may have matured past that. And that's what I'm hoping for.
1: Well, here's here's what you got it, and I've always come off on, on this side. You know, as, as your as your franchise quarterback, if you want forty million, right? The top of the food chain, guys, you never hear that about. You are never in your mind going hear, Well, Patrick Mahomes was you know pressing because he thought he had to throw to Travis Kelsey. No, Aaron Rodgers is never pressed. He got Devontae Adams out there. Have you ever heard somebody say Aaron Rodgers was scared because he didn't get him enough? No, no. The top dudes is like, listen, you come in and you feel the, like people say and Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown and and you, you got Mike Will or, or, or Mike, what's the name? What's the name? Uh, Mike Evans and Mike and Evans. You got you got Godwin and you got, you got There's too many balls to go right. No, 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 no. There's there, listen. I'm Tom Brady. Y'all gonna get in where you fit in. That is where you need Baker to be. And when he figures that out, you don't gotta worry about the receiver ever being a problem. The receiver is never gonna be the problem because he's already like, listen, this is me. This is my this is my show, and everybody is understood how it goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that—that's what I hope we see. I mean, I think that that could result in that offense taking the next step, like even a further step, where Odell Beckham Jr. is just dynamite in the offense, and and that's and when he gets explosive, and Baker is like, I don't care who's getting the ball, and he's getting it naturally in the in the in the natural organic scheme of the offense. That's when this offense will really explode.
1: Yeah, it'll be, you know, that with the running game and now you can call different plays and now you can get creative. And, you know, they have every ingredient that they need to make a great cake. They got every ingredient. They got the, you know, how many oftentimes do we say, but we're losing our offensive line? We, we need alignment to protect this backside. Uh, we, we talk about we need, a playmaker and a receiver uh, to get deep. Oh, we need it. We need a security blanket to run under. Under we need running backs. We need we need to run the football more effectively. Uh, we need a pass rusher. We need guys. The Browns have every single ingredient for a great season. It's just about going out and, and guys reaching their best potential and, and and putting their best foot forward when the pressure is on. That's all. Of, that's all it comes down to.
0: Listen, man. Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan, host of The Barbershop every Saturday, 8 to noon, co-host of the Cleveland Browns Tailgate Show on Sunday, Browns game days, 10 a.m. to kick off. Go to the YouTube channel, The Shop and subscribe and like and watch his show as uh, many of you have tuned in to watch him tonight. We almost went two hours, brother. Two hours. Easy money. Just talking football. Easy money. money. That's it.
1: No pen, no pad, no nothing. See, a lot of y'all catch, y'all better start working on your game, man. Stop coming (laughs) out here with this filler material. You got to get it in. You got to know your stuff, man. Two hours. We just going off the top, man. That's beautiful, man.
0: There you go. G Bush, you the man, I appreciate your time. Uh go get uh get back to whatever you were planning on doing tonight before I hijacked your evening. And uh but, but it's been a pleasure, man. This has been a pleasure. We gotta do it more often.
1: Hey man, I'm always here when you need me, bro. Always, and we're gonna have to do return the favor. We're gonna have you on the platform. We need you to come on the barbershop and get you over here and get these streams
0: going, man. We're gonna have to have you on, man. You know that. I, I'd be happy to do it anytime, sir. You're a good man, gentleman, and a scholar, and I appreciate you. Appreciate you. And with that, for Mikey on the ones and twos, big thanks to G. Bush, 92.3 The Fan. My name is Brad Ward. This has been another episode of All Eyes on Cleveland. We are out.